0: Oh wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm Minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm also presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, I know that you're saying, but today's not Tuesday and Wednesday. Today is Monday, and you are totally correct. Uh, of course. Uh, Folks, look, uh, I just uh, I I just really um must uh, must apologize on behalf of some of my uh, some of my really uh, really good friends. Uh today here in Adelaide, we've got uh some ministers meetings for um uh for uh the next couple of days. Uh and that means that uh, my good friend uh, Pastor Joseph, he uh he offered me his apologies. He said I cannot come. Uh, uh, my good friend Pastor Will, said I cannot come um and uh even my my good friend uh friend uh, Nick Niccredra um is taking a little bit of a break at the moment too and we say a really big hello to uh our mate uh our mate Nick uh now that means that uh I uh am uh, here with you uh this uh, uh this very uh Wintry uh, Monday uh, here in Adelaide, but it is a real privilege now uh, to be able to share with you. Now, look, folks. Uh, this week and next week, we're looking at uh, the subject. The theme is the Bible, the Church, and the environment. Now. What we want to do is give a biblical understanding of this subject. Uh, you know last week, uh, we asked questions like "Whose responsibility uh, is the environment?" and uh, questions like, uh, "What does the Bible say about natural disasters?" and we looked at how the Bible talks about the earth, growing old, like waxing old like a garment, uh, and today uh, we're asking, uh, is there danger in worshipping the creation rather than the creator? And uh, later this week, uh, we're going to, uh, to look at uh, uh, a subject that... I might be a little bit challenging. Why won't green political solutions work? Now, look, folks, this, this subject we believe is just so important because uh, last week and of course this week, the uh, United Nations World Environmental Conference is meeting over there in Egypt and, uh, here in Faith FM, we want to suggest a biblical alternative to the humanistic solutions that are all so, all pervading in the current environmental debate. This is a huge subject. It's continually on the news media. Uh, surely the scriptures have something to say about this subject. And indeed, uh, we believe that they do. But you'll never hear, uh, these possible solutions at, uh, at the COP27, uh, meetings over there in, uh, in Egypt. Now today, our co-host is Pastor Don Felberg and, uh, Don is actually live from Perth in, uh, uh, in West Oz uh, and he's he's actually now now retired but he's functioned as an international speaker he's an evangelist a preacher uh, and and an indigenous ministries director welcome to you Don
1: Thank you Pastor Gary happy to be with you once again
0: I tell you what you have really rescued me uh, all my <laughs> all my good mates uh, who I have totally come to rely on, uh, all with one accord, uh, sang me the song, I cannot come to the banquet. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Oh, look, no, thank you so much. What's it like over in uh, Perth at the present time?
1: Well, glorious day today. Twenty-six degrees today. The sun is shining, and I can't see a cloud out of my window.
0: Ah, uh, look! I tell you, I'm looking forward to it because that means a day or two, and uh, that's what's going to be like over here. And I am very ready for spring to take a permanent entrance into uh, this wonderful town that we uh, that we do have over here.
1: Now, look, mind all... you, mind you, we're going to have some cooler days later in the week, so it sort of hasn't really. We we've only had I think 130 degree day here yet. Yeah. So, um, same so over very here. Flow warming up.
0: Same over here as well. We've had one thirty degree day. I know this morning I, I normally go for a walk, but this morning it was, it was blowing a gale. It was raining. Uh, it was jolly unpleasant outside. And I've got to admit this morning, uh, I, I packed up. Uh, I actually, um, spent some time in Bible study and prayer. And then I normally go for my walk after that. Uh, but, uh, this morning I packed up and, uh, I crawled back into bed again and thought, nah. <laughs> <laughs> A bed is far more inviting than uh, uh, than ploughing the streets. This particular yeah. uh, point in uh, point in time. Uh, tell me, Don. Look, this week we're chatting about the environment. Where do you most in uh, Where do you most enjoy God's creation?
1: Oh, Gary, I enjoy it everywhere, but I I really have loved being in the outback and uh seeing some of God's creation there, some astounding things. But I've come to realize that there's beauty in God's creation out in the desert. There's beauty among the big trees. In fact, I was down um, traveling through the big trees down south last week, coming back from a funeral. And I love those big cowrie trees that we yeah. have here in Western Australia, just giants and uh but I love it out in the outback under a starry sky, and you look up and the the, the sky is just studded with light. Yes. And that text comes to mind, The heavens declare the glory of God. Oh, and the firmament shows his handiwork.
0: How powerful that really is, you know, the thing I'm so conscious of uh, is that, you know, I agree with you totally because I, I've i had a privilege a number of times to travel into the Australian uh, uh, Australian Outback and uh, uh, I, I remember being at one point up at Oodna Data, and in mm. fact I think it might have been on a ministry trip up there and you'll go out and outside the pink roadhouse there, uh, just yeah. uh, in the early evening, once the sun has fully disappeared and the Sky. There's nothing like the sky in the oh, Australian wow. outback.
1: That's for sure. That's true. Yeah. Very true. I love it. You know, I, I love the birds and I love the flowers. I have a special interest in both of them. Um, and everywhere you look in God's creation, there is there is beauty. You know, our roses are flowering beautifully here at the moment. and. Yeah. There's just beauty everywhere in God's creation, and the design, even of the smallest thing, is astounding. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, you just simply, you know, to me, how how a person can actually say, "Hey, this just happened," you know, to me, it's a total mystery to me. I just every time I look at it, I say, "Hey, I see design, design, design." That's all I can see. You know, I I really cannot understand um, how. But anyway, let me not. Well, uh,
1: G- Gary, Ivan got an faith to believe it all happened by chance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, very true, Don. Very, yeah. very true. It's a good way. It's a really good way of uh, of putting it. Look, let's come to our, our world watch uh, segment. And look, what I'd like to do uh, is just uh, share with you an article that came out of the the religion news service. Uh, just, uh, just uh, I think yesterday uh, I, I picked it up, and uh, the article was entitled "Does Education Cure?" People of faith. In other words, does education change, cure, uh, s- s- stop faith? And then it says this, the data says no. Uh, and then this is, this is what the article said. Despite a long-standing biased assumption amongst many uh, that the uneducated cling to religion, studies show with higher degrees, uh, those with higher degrees are most likely to be religious. It's been 30 years since the Washington Post published an article on Christian televangelists describing their followers as largely poor, uneducated and easy to command. Uh, The pushback was immediate and overwhelming as thousands flooded the the post's telephone switchboard and letters poured into its editors uh, after Pat Robinson, a Yale Law School alumni himself, uh, read the offending passage on his television show, The 700 Club. It was a watershed in journalism that woke many mainstream outlets to the reality of evangelicals, demographics and power. Yet the bias says that churches, mosques and synagogues are filled with people who have a low level of education. The common assumption is that formal education, particularly a college degree, is goes against religious belonging. But even a cursory look at recent data reveals that just the opposite is actually true. Those who are the most likely to be religiously unaffiliated are those with the lowest level of formal education. The group that is most likely to align with a faith tradition uh, are those who have earned a college degree or greater now, that on face value to me uh, really sounded fantastic when I first first read it. Um, but then um, towards the end of the article, they made a, a statement that to me started to ring some warning bells. This is what it said. Significantly, however, higher education does result in a change. A recent study published in the American Sociological Review concluded that education does seem to move individuals away from being, from moral absolutes to moral uh, relativity. Uh, this effect is stronger amongst those who major in the humanities, the arts, social sciences or related fields. This evidence seems to say that educated believers are drawn to the communal aspects that religion provides but may be more ready to question what's coming from the pulpit it's not a surprising result perhaps given that higher education encourages discussion and debate and perhaps too an urge uh, to to belong now don't that particular article is one that really stood out, uh, to, to me, but look. How would you respond, I suppose you know i mean i'm conscious that we live in a really a highly educated society, and even the church that we belong to i mean we've certainly got a disproportionate number of people with uh, master's and doctoral degrees uh, amongst the uh, the seventh day adventist Church um, you know how would you respond to the thought that people as they become more educated seem to become more morally uh, Rel- relative, um, you know, can education, you know, I mean, can education alone, can it um, create committed believers?
1: Well, I think you need more than just education. Um, one of my teachers used to always say, education only makes a clever devil if a person is a devil before. And so, you know, um I, I think that we need to know why we believe what we believe, Pastor Gary. Yep, yep. And uh, uh, there are many highly educated people who who have a strong faith, and, uh, and, and I think Christianity is a, a logical, sensible faith that is based on evidence. And yeah. so it opens itself. It it's, it welcomes questioning and it welcomes examination. And so, if a person um, asks questions, the answers are there. I always say my my faith is based on evidence and facts. And mm-hmm. um, and and so I believe because there's a foundation of evidence and facts. I don't have a blind faith, but an intelligent faith that is that is based on the evidence. And there's a lot of evidence for believing the Bible, archaeology, uh, prophecy, and so. Because the things that can be tested, you could say, uh, have been shown to be true. It's a logical step then to 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 believe by faith the things that can't be tested uh, mm-hmm. the same. And so, for example, the great prophecy of Daniel chapter 2 has led many a skeptic, many a questioner uh, to have faith in God because it is so rooted in the historical evidence. Daniel 2 is the story of, of where Daniel predicted uh, God gave him information about the the kingdoms that would come, the empires that would come from his day down. Mm. And those different empires have all come to pass, they've all come that, uh, into place just as predicted. And so that gives me great confidence to believe that the next thing that's predicted in that prophecy will also take place.
0: I appreciate what I appreciate what you're actually saying there, Don. Because, and particularly that point that you just made just a minute ago—that you know, as as Christians, we based. In fact, this last last weekend, I was sharing in a Bible study group that I was part of, and uh, I, I I really I pointed out. I said, look, please, you know, we need to be aware that uh, certainly, I mean, take the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the first century Christians. Christianity was a a, a religion that was based on evidence, it wasn't Mm. a faith-based religion. And today... You know, mm. if we bother to go and look at the evidence, it is astounding. Uh, you know, the evidence for the resurrection, the evidence from fulfilled prophecy, as you correctly point out, the evidence from archaeology, as you've yeah. dug into yourself. You know, to me, what I think you've said there is incredibly powerful and incredibly uh, important. Um, but, Don, look, can I just bring you back to this particular article? Because uh, the thing that I... Is education enough, do you think?
1: No, no, I don't think education is enough. It needs, education needs something to guide it. If people don't know why they believe, then an educational um, program uh, that presents an alternative point of view, uh, if, if people are don't know why they believe and don't know the evidence for why they believe well then they can easily be swayed by education and particularly an education that presents alternative views from what they have been brought up to believe
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: and so i think that uh, education in itself is 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 not enough to guide us. The Bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Mm-hmm. We need to know the ways of God, and uh, we need to be open to the Holy Spirit leading us. And um, And education really is is only presented by people like us other people that have spent time studying certain things, they're not necessarily right. We need a rudder. We need something to test mm-hmm. it by. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is the, uh, is the authority that we need to test um, whatever thoughts come to us.
0: Yeah. 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 No, look, that's so true. Don, really appreciate your your thoughts and your comments there. Uh, Look, we do need to come to some, some music. We've just been talking about what a, what a fantastic God Uh, we do actually serve. Uh, So look, let's, uh, let's enjoy. This is a song by Jeff Bullock, the great Southland. Uh, Love, uh, love this country uh, that we have been so blessed uh, to be able to live in. Um, Please enjoy.
3: This is your nation. This is your land. This common future, this shared hope. Land of pain, This land of harvest. This is your land. This is a home. This is a great south land of the. Home. This is your nation, this is your land, this land of plenty.
0: That is the Great Southland by Jeff Bullock. I love uh, I love Jeff's uh, Jeff's songs. I had the privilege one time of being able to go to a concert uh, that uh, that Jeff put on. Uh, only uh, it was a small concert uh, for uh, uh, just a couple of churches and uh, probably no more than two hundred people there. But it was a close, intimate concert. Uh, he just sat at the keyboard and uh, away he away he went. And uh, it was probably one of the most moving concerts I've I've actually ever. Uh, ever been in A very powerful uh, Presenter uh, Really appreciate That uh, that particular music Now folks We do have a giveaway uh, Book uh, for you uh, Today uh, The day's giveaway Is entitled Hope for a helpless planet Now this is by Chris, Holl- Chris Holland uh, This is a real beauty uh, Is Jesus Really coming soon You know what The climax of this Planet This planet's not Going to go on For generation After generation After generation Is Jesus Really coming soon it's an age-old question, but seldom has the need for an accurate answer been more keenly felt than it is today. You know, my folks, I must I must share with you that uh, this is something that as a pastor, I am just becoming more and more uh, convinced of uh, deep in my heart. Uh, at the early part of my ministry, almost 40 years ago now, uh, I, would, uh, I would present material and people would come up to me and say, Pastor, do you really think uh, that the scriptures uh, can be fulfilled in that way? And uh, I'd say, well, that's what the scriptures are saying. Uh, today I present the same things and uh, uh, people are coming up to me and saying, Amen, I can see it happening. It's occurring in our world right at this very moment. Now, is Jesus really coming again? It's an age-old question, but seldom has the need for an accurate answer been more keenly felt than it is today. Everywhere we turn, it seems that the world is literally falling apart. Political unrest and economy teetering on the edge of, of total disaster. Uh, uh, we live in a helpless planet filled with people with desperate hope. Now, look, guys, if you want to get to an understanding of what's going on and how it's all going to climax, this is the book that you need. to need. The book's entitled Hope for a Helpless Planet. If you'd like to get your own copy of this uh, this book, uh, all you need to do is to text us here at our studio text number, and you can also send any comments you want into the uh, same number. That number is 04... Triple eight eight oh eight eleven. O 808 11 04 808 11 and all you need to do is to send us our code for the day. Now our code this uh week is SA81. SA, no gap 81. And uh uh that will actually trigger our robot called Pilgrim and uh our Robot will contact you, and uh, he'll get some information off you so that uh, uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. Hope for a Helpless Planet, fantastic book by Chris Holland. Uh, SA, uh, the code SA is SA81. That's all you need to put in your text, and just text that to 04888808. 11 and, uh, we will get that book to you, uh, super, uh, super fast. You'll, uh, you'll really come to appreciate, uh, that particular book. Now you are listening to, uh, Faith FM drive time, big Q&A with, uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Pastor Don Felberg and Don, Don is with us live from Perth in West Australia. And, uh, he's actually a, now retired, but he's functioned as an international speaker, an evangelist, a preacher, an indigenous ministries director. So many people have really appreciated the ministry of this particular man. And this week we're looking at the subject, the Bible, the church and the environment. We want to give a biblical understanding to this subject during the weeks of COP 27 uh, that's occurring over there in Egypt. Today we're asking, is there a danger in worshipping the creation rather than the creator uh, now folks I, I believe this has been a, a very real uh, issue uh, to so many civilizations you know can we be good stewards of the earth and at the same time leave a creator totally unacknowledged uh, don can you help us out how would you respond to this question
1: yeah well, I don't think we should leave the Creator unacknowledged. Um, I think that's a very serious uh situation, and will lead to all sorts of uh problems. Mm-hmm. but before I go to those i've I've got a little passage here, Pastor Gary, that uh, I think is is very enlightening, and it's from Romans chapter one. And uh, I'll start here at verse 20. It says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. So there it's telling us, Pastor Gary, that when we look at creation, we were talking about some of the things that we like in God's creation. When you see these things, you have to say, who made them? How did they get here? And the evolutionary answer of uh, by chance doesn't really stack up. It goes on in the text to say, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. I mean, that's talking about people back in the Apostle Paul's day, but I think it's pretty true still for today. Yeah, yeah. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. When we turn from the Creator... Well, our minds become dark and confused, the Bible says. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. I mean, that's strong talk. And instead of worshipping the glorious ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. It says, so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. Mm. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Mm. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. And... It's a a sad description there of people who had turned their back on the creator God and instead worshipped the creation and they made idols out of them. And, uh, you know, Pastor Gary, you look at past civilizations like Egypt. Uh, The Egyptians turned their back on the true God and uh, they ended up Worshipping as gods almost everything. Mm. I have a statement here. Uh, It's from the book, uh, The Story of Civilization, Our Oriental Heritage by Will Durant. He says, the Egyptians worshipped not merely the source, but almost every form of life. Many plants were sacred to them. More popular were the animal gods. They were so numerous that they filled the Egyptian pantheon like a chattering menagerie. Wow. They worshipped the bull, the crocodile, the hawk, the cow, the goose, the goat, the ram, the cat, the dog, the chicken, the swallow, the jackal, the serpent, and allowed some of these creatures to roam in the temples with the same freedom that is accorded to the sacred cow of India today. And so what a situation here that uh, people were worshipping all of these creatures and had turned their back on worshipping the one who made all of these creatures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pastor Gary, I think of the, the Ten Commandments. And you know, one of the Ten Commandments warns us about making images of God for the purpose of worship. Yeah, In chapter 20 verses 4 and 5 it says You shall not make for yourself a carved image Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above Or that is in the earth beneath Or that is in the water under the earth You shall not bow down to them nor serve them For I the Lord your God am a jealous God and so on Jealous in the fact that he doesn't want us to be fooled into worshipping A God that isn't a God I mean that's that's a pretty sad situation And so um, God God gave um, the warnings about this In Deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 15 to 19 It says you saw no form of any kind The day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb Mount Sinai out of the fire Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully, he says, so that you do not become corrupt and make for yourselves an idol, an image of any shape, whether formed like a man or a woman, or like any, any animal on earth, or any bird that flies in the air, or like any creature that moves along the ground, or any fish in the waters below, and when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshiping things. The Lord, your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven.
2: Mm, mm.
1: So there God gave very clear warnings not to, to make idols and images of the created things for the purpose of worship. Now, the question we could ask is what What's wrong with worshiping the creature rather than the creator? And I've got a few uh, suggestions here, and I'm interested in your 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 thoughts on it. Yeah. Number one, yeah, they're... number one. Sorry, go on, no, no, go, keep going, please. I'm going to say number one: to worship the creature instead of the creator is an insult to God. Uh, Pastor Garrett, if if I was uh, to come to your house and you were to say, "Hey, look, come out to my shed. I want to I want to show you something here," uh, and you took me out to your shed and you 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 pulled the sheet off a beautiful sculpture of an elephant, uh, and uh, and uh, you said to me um, and. and I stood there and I looked at this and I said, Oh, elephant, how lovely you are, how strong you are. And I talked about this beautiful elephant that I ignored you as the one who sculptured it. Wouldn't that be an insult?
0: Ah, oh, look, that, that's the, and that is exactly the issue that we're actually talking about here, because the thing that I'm conscious of, of what you're saying here, Don, is that it's so easy uh, to be able to, uh, like, for example, some people would, uh, uh, would suggest, look, you know, we don't worship, uh, you know, the, Creation out there that's one of the responses I would certainly hear hear people saying in very uh, loud, loud voices. They would remonstrate with uh, with us on that, but you know the thing that I appreciate about the, what the scriptures do in uh, Romans chapter one is that they establish relationships uh, in other words uh, you've got the relationship is the creator. Uh, is above, far above the yeah. creation, and yeah. to me, you know, that to me is the is the thing that in our current contemporary world, particularly in our understanding of the environment, we most struggle with because there's this, you know, we have somehow missed the the relationship. You know, we say, hey, you know, no, all these yeah. things have just evolved. Uh, and yet, there's, we can just, you know, uh, we, we have to almost get to the point of of worshipping them. Um, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. to, to, to me, it's, like it's this issue of relationships between the two that is, is so key in what Paul is saying and in what you're saying.
1: And if these things are so beautiful and so worthy of keeping and protecting shouldn't we uh, pay respect and praise to the one who made them?
0: And and I think you make a good point there, uh, Don, because, I mean, to me, uh, the reason that, for example, humanity... Uh, has incredible value is because I've actually been created, I've been designed uh, by the yeah. heavenly King. You know, when yeah. I when I look at what the scriptures say about humanity, beloved, now are we the sons of God? It does not yeah. yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He does appear, we will be like Him. We are called yeah. uh, by Peter kings and priests. Heirs and ambassadors. You know, when I look at that, it it gives humanity incredible status. You know, I'm so conscious that there are so many people in our world today who don't understand the status that they have been given by the yeah. King of the Universe, but to me, once you actually understand the status, uh, you understand that God is the Creator, uh, is is the one who is Almighty. He has created humanity as kings, heirs, and ambassadors, but they've been created as stewards of the earth, which they are to uh, to build up and to. Uh, and to keep Uh, they haven't you know to me as I look at that you know God has really put things in their right order Um, and when I look at the the world in which we're living today I say hey you know has that order been messed up big time yeah I believe it has
1: It, it, it sometimes even gets to the stage where it seems that animal life and plant life is of more value than human life Indeed. And so in that sense, the, the value system gets mixed up when God is not given his rightful uh, respect.
0: Exactly, exactly, yeah. But Don, look, I, I, I've i broken into preaching again. I must not do that. I've broken you off. Uh, please, uh, keep, keep going.
1: Oh, I just had another little text here. Psalm 106 and verse 20. Uh, It says, they traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating bull. Mm. And, I mean, that's a pretty sad situation. There, God's talking about his people of old, but I wonder whether we're any better today or we're fast going down the same track. We need to give respect to our glorious God. Another point I'd say as to what's wrong with worshipping the creature than the Creator is the fact that creation can't save us, but the Creator can. And I guess that's what you were sort of reflecting on a little bit there. Yeah. But I've got a very interesting passage here, Isaiah chapter 44, and it says here, verse 13 on, Then the woodcarver measures a block of wood and draws a pattern on it. He works with chisel and plane and carves it into a human figure. He gives it human beauty and puts it in a little shrine. He cuts down cedars. He selects the cypress and the oak. He plants the pine in the forest to be nourished by the rain. Then he uses part of the wood to make a fire. With it he warms himself and bakes his bread. Then, yes, it's true... He takes the rest of it and makes himself a god to worship. He makes an idol and bows down in front of it. He burns part of the tree to roast his meat and to keep himself warm. He says, ah, that fire feels good. Then he takes what's left and makes his god a carved idol. He falls down in front of it, worshipping and praying to it. Rescue me, he says. You are my god. Mm. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect. Why, it's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for heat and used it to bake my bread and roast my meat. How can the rest of it be a god? Mm. Should I bow down to worship a piece of wood? Mm. And uh, then back in, in verse 20, it says, The poor deluded fool feeds on ashes. He trusts something that can't help him at all, yet he cannot bring himself to ask, is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? Mm. And in verses 9 and 10, it says, how foolish are those who manufacture idols. These prized objects are really worthless. The people who worship idols don't know this, so they are all put to shame. Mm-hmm. Who but a fool would make his own God, an idol that cannot help him one bit.
2: Mm.
1: And so when we are trusting, we, we, when we put all our emphasis on the creation and forget the creator, I would suggest, Pastor Gary, we're doing very similar to these people who made idols and thought that they could help them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that is just so powerful, that, uh, that particular thought. Look, Don, look, let's just come to some music. Um, I, I, I love, uh, this, uh, the words of, uh, of this particular, particular song. It's, uh, uh, for the beauty, uh, of the, of the earth. Uh, folks, please enjoy, uh, this, uh, uh, this rendition of, uh, for the beauty of the earth. What a beautiful, beautiful song! Uh, that really is one of the great hymns of the church. I I do appreciate the words of uh, of that particular song, folks. We do have a giveaway book for you today. Hope for a helpless planet and of course this uh this book is talking about Jesus Christ coming soon. Of course that is the ultimate uh, solution. That's where we're going. That's what we've been that's why we've spoken about two or three times over the last uh, week and a half and we'll be speaking about uh in the uh in the next uh, uh in the next couple of days uh Jesus is you know in all Of the uh, discussions about the environment. Uh, There's an assumption there that the world is going to go on and go on and go on and go on on through generations until finally the sun burns us up or some other uh, future. You know, to me, as I look at my scriptures, I turn around and I say, no, that's not the way it's going to end. Uh, It's going to end uh, through the, through the mighty work of Jesus Christ. Uh, folks, look if you'd like uh, to get our giveaway book today, our giveaway book is Hope for a Helpless Planet by Chris Holland. Jesus is coming really soon and it is an age old question but seldom is the need for an accurate answer being more keenly felt uh, than it is today. Uh, folks, if you would like a copy of this particular book, we'd love to give it to you. Now look, if you'd like a book, uh, Hope for a Helpless Planet by Chris Holland, all you need to text us here at our Drive time text number O four Triple Eight eight oh eight. 04888 80811 and all you need to do is to um, uh, send us the uh, the code which is uh, SA81 uh, no gap between the eighty, uh, the SA and the 81, just SA81 that'll trigger our robot he'll ask you a few questions, get some information off you so that we can get this book to you in the fastest possible way we'd love you to have it, Hope for a Helpless Planet, uh, that number again is 04888 80811 and the code Code, uh, is SA81, love uh, this uh, uh, this particular book. Now, you are listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today, our co-host is Pastor Don Felberg, and uh, Don is actually live from uh, Perth in West Oz. Uh, Don's actually retired, uh, but has functioned as an international speaker, an evangelist, a preacher and an Indigenous Ministries Director. And uh, this week we're looking at the theme, the Bible, the church, and the environment. We want to give a biblical understanding of this subject. And today we're simply asking, is there danger of worshipping the creation rather than the creator? Uh, Don, look, we have about 10 minutes to to bring it all, all together. Uh, do you have any any stories or any other thoughts that you'd like to share?
1: before the break i was talking about how people had reduced god to an idol and how god had said how worthless that is and maybe a listener out there is saying oh i wouldn't worship a god of wood and stone sure that's foolishness but but people today so often put the live animal in front of god and putting and 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 uh, they seemed to put all the effort into saving the animals and uh, almost to the point of worship. And, um, you know, I love animals. I I loved my old cow when I was on the farm. I used to milk the cow before I went to school and when I came home again. And, um, you know, we had a good relationship, you could say, but uh, that cow would reach around sometimes and lick my coat while I was milking, and I thought, you know, but that cow could only help by giving milk that cow couldn't save me from my sins or from the coming destruction of the world
2: yeah.
1: and so I think that um, we need to we need to 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 understand that like you were just saying, Pastor Gary that We have a hope that Jesus is coming back again. You know, this old world, it, it seems to me that some people want to save every weed that we've got and every plant for a million generations because if they don't, there's nothing to hope for. There's nothing to, you know, we'll have nothing. Now, I believe we should be responsible in how we look after the the world and the environment and and so on, but only the one who created the world and the animals and the plants can ultimately save our planet and us, and he wants to save our planet and us, Mm -hmm. but we need to reach out and accept him. And the knowledge of the second coming and the creation of a new heaven and a new earth gives a balanced perspective.
2: Mm.
1: Yes, we see we see the uh, the earth waxing old, we see the resources running out, we see animals becoming extinct and all of that, but we know that this is not the only world we're ever going to see, because God has promised a new heaven and a new earth. Yes, God will destroy this world because we've polluted it by sin and turning against his commandments. Mm. But our emphasis needs to be on getting to know our creator and putting our trust in him who is able to save us and our children.
0: And our, and ultimately the creation as well.
1: True. That's so true, Pastor Gary.
2: Mm.
1: So, So, you know, I think that It's where we, where we put our emphasis is the important thing. If we're just focusing on the creation and not on the creator, well, then we'll, we'll certainly become distressed. We'll certainly become frantic in, in in our, in our effort to save this earth. Yeah, Yeah. We, we need, as I said, to be responsible, but to know that that God has it in charge. And the important thing is he got our lives that we put him in charge of our lives. Mm. Um, another little point I'd like to mention here is that we never rise above the God we worship. And that's why it's so important to worship the creator God who is a good God, a kind God, a gracious God. Some of those even gods were fighting and cruel gods, immoral in the extreme. We become like what we worship. And so it's important that we keep our focus on the creator and become like him. Mm. Um, Worshipping the living God, the great creator of noble and holy principles, will not only save us, but lift us up and make us uh, better people mm. and uh, and so I think that that it's a matter of um, it's a matter of putting our emphasis where it should be on the creator. Um, Like that little story I told earlier there about if you were to if you had carved an elephant and all I could talk about was how beautiful beautiful the elephant was, but not give you any acknowledgement for what a good job you had done.
0: Yeah. Well, that would be a real
1: insult.
0: You know, Don, the thing I'm really conscious of, even with that particular uh, illustration, is that, uh, you know, let's suppose that that elephant that, you know, had been um, had worked on had in some way been damaged. Who would be the very best person to yeah. be able to fix the damage? Uh, would it be... Uh, you who's just walked into the workshop i mean you might well say to me hey uh look uh, uh l- let me fix it for you so you pull out the rasp you pull out the uh the sandpaper you pull out you know all the all the tools all the right tools perhaps you you bring them out yeah. um that I'd, I'd make a mess of it i'd you, make a mess of it you don't have the skills and the ability to be able to do you know to fix that that elephant that i have created only the creator or can yes. actually fix the damage that's actually been done, and you know right now I just i I, I look at the desire of humanity uh, to be able to, uh, to, to 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 fix the world, but the uh, the the desire to fix has become so humanistic it's revolved around humanity, it's revolved around the assumption that forever and ever and ever. Humanity is going to be living on this world, that there's going to be no change, that for ceaseless generations, we're going to be here in the exact same state as we are now. Whereas uh, to me, I, you know, I mean, our, our world, I've, uh, I talk to young people and some of them say, say to me, you know, they, they've got a little motto, um, uh, you only live once, uh, YOLO, uh, I think it, it, it goes. And, and I, I look at them and I say, Hey, how silly. And that's not what the scriptures teach at all. You're not going to yeah. just live once. There's the possibility there that you're going to live twice, and there's going to li- and that second life is a never-ending life. And as I look at that, I just turn around and say, "Hey, what a beautiful opportunity is setting is set up before us." Uh, and uh, all the scriptures say is, "Look, come to the Creator, acknowledge yeah. the Creator, and in coming to and acknowledging the Creator, you actually receive the power." To actually be able to do that, uh, which yes. does need to be done on this uh, on this uh, on this earth, uh, to the me, one,
1: the, the one who created all these lovely things is able to recreate our sinful hearts and able to save us.
0: How true! How true! Don, mm. let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you, thank you for your creation, Lord. Thank you for being the Creator. Uh Lord thank you. Uh, for the uh, for giving us the seas, the waters. Uh, Lord thank you for giving us the uh, the things that we see in our national parks out there. Uh, Lord thank you for giving us those starry skies. Uh, Lord we just praise and worship your name. Lord, uh we look at the damage that yes we have done to this planet. Uh Lord, we can't fix it. Uh and yet in your word, uh there there is a a fix it plan. Lord, I just pray that you might be with us. Lord, if there's any of us who have damaged our lives, uh, Lord, I just pray that you might be with that person right now. Uh, Lord, I pray that you might restore, that you might build them up as you can build up the creation. Uh, Lord, thank you for doing that. Thank you for promising to do that. I pray that you'd be as powerfully with that person who is struggling uh, on with some matter right now. We just ask, we pray in Jesus' wonderful name.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Don Felberg on Drive Time, Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when uh, Eric Hoare is going to be working with me once again for my usual Tuesday slot and uh, we're going to be talking about why won't green uh, political solutions work and we're going to be looking at the issue of the heart of humanity. Does that... Um, provide opportunity for success or failure. Really look forward to seeing you, but until then, please remember Christ said I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.